Hey guys, welcome back. This is Quartzite Heat, QuartzateHeat.com. I am your host, Josh Freakinanks, and today is a brand new day for NBA stuff. We got wild stuff happening from the Mavericks-Kings game to Ricky Rubio to Kevin Durant to the Lakers and Jeremy Grant to this huge conspiracy or just strange coincidence that's happening around two local uh, sports teams I'm going to touch on in the topic of the day and so much more. We have it all. But yeah, guys, if you are new to the podcast or even new to Court to Heat, go check us out on the site, which is CourtToHeat.com. Or if you're, new, if you're new to the podcast but been familiar to Court to Heat before, go ahead, drop us a five-star review. Let us know your opinions, your feelings on our podcast or on our site or anything that we can improve. We love to hear feedback. We love to hear your reviews. And as always, let's kick right in. Let's get this started right into the podcast episode by just letting you guys know where to find us. Uh, we always bring this up to begin our show, which is social media. Social media has become the most popular thing. For any person above the age of 13, it seems like, it always seems like between the ages of 13 to 45, that's where you're going to see um, a lot of people on social media, whether it's Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, uh, even Tumblr, Getter, etc., etc. But the fine course of heat is on all of those platforms. Which would be Instagram.com slash CourtsideHeatNBA, Twitter.com slash CourtsideHeat, Facebook.com slash CourtsideHeat, Tumblr.com slash CourtsideHeat, and yes, we are now on uh, Getter, G E T D R or G E T R slash CourtsideHeat. Really cool platform. I'm on there. I'm trying to post more. Um, it stinks that you cannot schedule posts, but you know what? Who cares? Because we're rock and rolling on um, Getter, and we want you guys to follow us as it will be pretty cool to get your information from a new social media platform. As always, guys, um, since you guys listen to the podcast, you know it's a standard uh, podcast uh, streaming platforms. Which maybe be iTunes, Google Podcast, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, TuneIn's another good one. We have all the ones. But also, we're doing this on YouTube and Rumble. Go check us out. Really cool. Um, YouTube, you're able to see if you want to listen to it. Um, well, so basically, you have two options. YouTube, Rumble. You guys can watch it and you guys can see the little an animations pop up. Or if you want to listen to it, I go do like iTunes, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. But yeah, go check us out on YouTube or Rumble at Quartzite Heat. Search us on YouTube as right now if you just search Quartzite Heat, we will show up with all of our amazing highlight videos, podcasts, and even documentary trailers. Do not miss it, guys. And as always, do not forget, guys, even though Christmas has passed and we're heading in 2022, the new year, New Year's Eve is 
right around the corner, actually tomorrow, I believe. And with all the hardship exemption, uh, exemptions and deals that have happened in the NBA, and with the holidays passing by, we want to give you guys another promo code to save sweet, sweet money from leaving your bank account, from leaving your digital wallet. So with all that being said, use code HARDSHIP at our Courtsay Heat shop. Just go to CourtsayHeat.com slash store and you'll be right there. Or just go to CourtsayHeat.com and just go to shop. You'll be able to get cool Funko Pops, t-shirts, uh, memorabilia of all kinds, starting star lineup action figures, McFarlane. But getting back to HARDSHIP, if you use code, if you use the promo code HARDSHIP, you can enjoy 20% off when you spend $45 or more on anything on the Courtside Heat store. Do not miss it, guys. We have PSA cards like Jason Tatum, um, like Michael Jordan, signed autograph stuff that is just so, so, so cool that people are buying now. T-shirts from 2016 NBA champs uh, featuring the Cleveland Cavaliers, of course. And so much more. Do not miss it, guys. That will be a huge saving because we're always trying to do things like free shipping. Like, most places will make you pay over $50 just to get free shipping. Not us. Pay $35. Boom, bada bang, you get free shipping. But now with the promo codes, you can save even more because who doesn't want to spend 20 uh, tw Who doesn't want to save 20%? I would. Like, who wouldn't? I, I, I am cheap to the bone, to the core of my being. So if I can get a promo code, I will. Again, guys, that's Hardship. That's H-A-R-D-S-H-I-P, Hardship. That's the promo code, 20% off your order, 45 or more, at the courtsideheat.com slash store. Do not miss it. And even go to our Macari. We'll give you guys offers as we're always trying to sell from cards to action figures to anything you can find all here, right here, right now, even with the latest rookies that are just booming in the NBA. Guys, I said in the beginning of the opening minutes that the Mavericks and Cavs I'm sorry, Mavericks and Kings went off for a huge, huge, huge day. The final score was 95-94 Kings. You may just say, wow, that was a really close game. And you want to be wrong. But as the game to end the night, the final game, you saw the buzzer beater be hit by Mitu. Mitu. I, I, I apologize if I'm pronouncing his last name wrong. That is not my attempt. But yes, the 24-year-old who came as the 49th pick out of the second round in the 2018 draft is the forward that hit the game-winning free for the Sacramento Kings. This is the same guy that uh, was averaging two... Uh, was averaging... Nine points and six rebounds per game off the forty and a half percent for the field and for twenty three point nine minutes or twenty four minutes per game. 
Look, guys, that was sweet. I was watching the highlights. I was not able to watch the game as I was recapping the Suns game last night. But my oh my, the Kings and the Mavericks went to the wire as Dallas was trying to do everything they could. That was a must-watch game. I was not expecting it to be that great. But now the Kings move to 15-21 and 21 and the Mavericks go down to 16-18. and 18. But what an epic, epic finish. Um, Me Too hit one of the greatest shots in that game. The buzzer beer was great. So I'm going to play the clip. But since you guys are listening to it over audio, um, whether it's on YouTube, Rumble, iTunes, whatever, right? So he, uh, I forgot the player that, so one Sacramento player drives in. With a few seconds up, they kick it out to Me Too. Me Too's all by himself. Like, this this guy right here, the 24-year-old, he's all by himself. And he gets the picture-perfect opportunity. And he seals the deal. He drains it. And everyone's freaking out around him. They get the full sense how this goes. Uh, before, was Kershaw Porzingis. He hits two free throws to put the team up, to put the Dallas Mavericks up. But then you saw uh, the Kings trailing by two. Then with like three or five seconds remaining, somewhere around there, Me Too gets the ball, and boom, bada bang, he swishes it in, and the team is walking off with the W. To truly understand it, um, here are the last four minutes of the game, which is pretty much like a minute um, after the NBA putting all their clips on their YouTube channel. As here we go, guys. I'll see you guys back within the next minute. As this is pretty, pretty cool. Like, I'm never to complain about game winners, but this game winner was sweet. I'll check back in with you guys just in a minute. My recent double figures now with 12 points, another double double as the unicorn throws it down, two handed style. I believe that's the first one we've seen tonight from him. Yeah. Chris Stapps for Zingas. 20 points as De'Aaron Fox. Oh, we got a good basketball game going. Eighth-year man out of Stanford. Can't build upon this two-point lead. So it's Sacramento basketball. Here's Harrison Barnes. Slow rolling his way to a left hand. And we are tied at 4.03 left to go here in the fourth. The bunny, though, on the inside. Here comes Fox. Kings looking to take the lead. Tied at 90. And there is De'Aaron Fox. Swiper getting all the way to the paint. To all of them have been in the money zone. I'm talking about in the paint. Here he is trying to turn away Brunson. Brunson getting to a strong hand. Ties it up at 92. Matchup right there. And he's very, very good at getting himself to the free throw line. Yeah, tonight Chris Stapps Porzingis. You shoot 89, 90% as a big from the free throw line. Trust me, you're going to figure out how to get there. Kings 3.8, here's De'Aaron Fox, Fox to the paint, Metu, three, got it! Jamezi Metu wins it at the buzzer! What did I say guys? That was incredible. That was the game of the day, the recap edition. And that is something that goes down as being recap, uh, being recap worthy. I could have brought up the Suns game. I, cho I chose not to because this game proved it all and put everything on the line. 
and it had such a sick and significant finish to a guy that's just trying to prove himself day in and day out, whether that's on the practice court with uh with his fellow teammates or just in a game trying to get attention from the media, his coaching staff, teammates, and just trying to get that recognition and trying to build himself up. Man, oh man, he ended the night with 11 points and 8 rebounds at 20 minutes. Uh, we also saw from the Mavericks was leading by Jalen Brunson, 25 points, 6 assists, and 2 rebounds in 36 minutes. Then we saw Christoph Porzingis going in with 24 points, 3 assists, and 7 rebounds in 35 minutes. Then on the Kings to head on it, we saw Garen Fox with 16 points, excuse me, 3 uh, assists, and 1 rebound in 34 minutes. And then tying at 14 would be Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell. Then, of course, you cannot forget the game-winning shot. The guy that mastered it. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce his um, first name. I apologize if I botch it. But Chimenzi Mitu. Again, I apologize if I botched it. But, yeah, you saw Mitu, 11 points, 8, uh, eight rebounds. Really, really cool. That's going to be something that... Everyone's going to be like, yeah, even though he had 11 points, he still had one of the most significant shots in that game, and it was the game-winning shot. Plus, also, he he's actually having a great breakout season. If he continues with these numbers, he'll be up on points, rebounds, and assists, and minutes per game. This is his second season with uh, the Kings. His original uh, first two seasons were with the Spurs. Now, since 20, since 2020, he's been with the Kings. Pretty cool. He had himself a game, and a game he will never forget until he hits another game winner. Guys, there's never going to be a time the NBA is not having news. But with all the stuff that's happening from hardship deals to injuries to COVID, Two guys getting ready to go. How how can we decipher all of that? Well, we actually got something for that. We're moving into our top news of the week. Some are painful, some is amazing, some I actually like, and some I don't give a crud about. Eh, I guess they're all relevant in the eyes of a basketball fan. But still, I'm still waiting for the Phoenix Suns to have all their players back. But hey, at least we beat the uh, but at least we beat the um, Oklahoma City Thunder after our two-game drought on Christmas Day, and then against the Memphis Grizzlies. And can I just say something real quick? We lost to Grizzlies by a point. We lost to the Grizzlies. The John Morant, Devin Booker puts up this sweet shot, three point. He he got the ball, he got the inbound pass. Turns, shoots, boom, makes it. And then John Morant just kills us. But then we find out that he traveled. Whatever, man. A victory is a victory and a loss is a loss. Congrats to Memphis, but Phoenix is obviously the better team, but whatever. Um, I'm not bitter at all. But you know what I am bitter about? Is the fact that Ricky Rubio. Is done for the season. 
I'm 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 more upset than anything. Maybe bitter is not the right word, but I'm I, I'm kind of upset in this way because you always see the Cleveland Cavaliers giving their all, going all in, and just saying we're dying. To put it bluntly, that is pretty much it. Because what we're seeing right now is a team that went from being one of the most encouraging teams in the NBA to one of the, one of the most heartbreaking teams in the NBA. Because as we know, injuries can kill a franchise. And when you're down two key players, that is tough. Now, we can look towards Evan Mobley, the rookie out of USC. And we can look to the rest of that team to step it up. Look, that's tough. You're going to be out without Colin Sexton, who had a meniscus tear in his knee. I can't remember if it was the left or the right knee. I'm just going to say knee. And then Ricky Rubio. But he has a season-ending ACL tear in his left knee. What hurts is that if you remember in his rookie season, he had an ACL tear to his left knee. So now, many years later, like, would it be 10 years later? I don't know. But that was when he was originally with the Minnesota Timberwolves. He had a ACL tear in his left knee. And now, coming back 10 years later, in their loss to the Pelicans in the final 2 minutes and 30 seconds of the game, he just blew out his knee. And it didn't look good. He did put up 27 points, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists. The veteran point guard was doing it all, right? That's tough. He just planted on that right knee, right foot and just blew out his left knee. It looked painful. He was signaling to the bench to help him up. Kevin Love and Isaac Okoro helped him to the locker room, and it just looked painful, man. It looked painful than anything in that game. Like, it was tough. I was not expecting Ricky Rubio to go down. But just imagine from Cleveland's perspective right now. You're a team fighting. You just lost to the Pelicans in a hard-fought contest. But now it's like, what do you do? And I know the obvious. But take it from this perspective. December 26th, you blocked the depleting Toronto Raptors, 144-99. But then, um, in a contest that happened two days ago, you lost by four points to the Pelicans. But what makes it worse is the fact that your leading guard, your veteran point guard behind the young, uh, young buck, Darius Garland, while he's out due to COVID protocols, health and, safety, health and safety protocols, are trying to win, and now you see him go down. The Cavaliers are now 20-14. and 14. How they're staying afloat 500 is truly incredible. It's truly incredible because... I, when you think about everything, from all the injuries, because we keep going back to Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley was injured, then went to COVID protocols, and now he's back. 
Like that to me is 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 really tough. They're having a point five eight percent um record percentage win percentage. Like that's really tough to have. When think about it, that's really tough to have because you have players coming in and out of COVID protocols. Your one of your leading guards is currently in protocols, Darius Garland. Um, your shooting guard, Colin Sexton's done for the season. That was around November. Now Ricky Rubio's done a month later. So what's going to happen? And we all knew it wasn't going to end well. Especially when it comes to his left knees. That's going to be interesting. Without a doubt, that's going to be interesting. Because now we're saying to every, everybody, like, we have to bat. We're not even halfway for the season yet. We're not halfway. They're twenty and fourteen. They're they're seven games away from halfway. But this is bad. You're down two guards, two very prominent, important guards. So this revolutionary season that many people, besides me, were were not expecting. What what you do? You have to see Lloyd Markman step up. You have to see Evan Mobley step up. Isaac Coro, uh, Wade. You have to see all these Kevin Love. But you have to see these guys step up. And now I had a conversation with a guy yesterday, and he actually pulled out something cool, uh, something really, really interesting. And it, it makes a lot of sense. Goran Dragic. That would be a low-risk, high-reward type situation. Same with the argument I was pulling up for Joe Harris. He'll give you his high percentage shots. And Goran Dragic wouldn't take much to get out of Toronto. Because I think it's a mutual that there's going to be a love-hate relationship there and that they want to try to find the best next suitor. So, what would that tell? Trade him. You might have to give Isaiah Coro. You might have to give draft picks. You might have to give against a bunch of bench scrubs or bums or whoever it has to be. But would you go through with that? Potentially, I would. To get someone like the likes of Harris or uh, Dragic that could help your teams in the areas that they're skilled in? Sure. Because you need a team that could team with the scoring. Because now, even though Ricky Rubio is going to be rehabbing, he still needs to have his role of helping and mentoring the younger players, like Darius Garland. So now, when you're thinking about that, it's like, your veteran point guard is not going to be out there, who is averaging very, very good numbers, who is coming off a double-double, just shy of a triple-double, missing like one rebound, whatever. But that's a blow, especially with two minutes and 30 seconds. Like, that reminds me when Jamal Murray, who's a guard, went down within less than a minute to go, like around 50 seconds to go in the Warriors game. That banged up the Nuggets. But, you have to remember this. The Cleveland Cavaliers are in a much worse situation. You're talking about another, you're talking about another half of the season. Like, another 48 games, give or take. Yeah, another 40, 48 games? Yeah, another 48 games. Trying to do quick math in my head. I can't do quick math in my head, but you know what? I'll get there. But 
understand where this is at. You're gonna have a lot of moving pieces. Where do you, when do you go out for a trade? If you do, would you want to try to target Joe Harris? Will you want to try to get out Dra uh, Goran Dragic? These are all questions as a franchise, as a general manager, as an owner, as a head coach. You want to try to, um, want to try to get a grasp on, get an understanding on. Because J.B. Bickerstaff, as a side note, was signed through the 2026-27 season. He's there. He's locked in. He's not going anywhere unless a drastic change happens, unless a drastic, drastic shift happens. But the Cavaliers was one of the most inspiring, encouraging teams because they went from being a bottom feeder team, uh, just a lowly team, to now being a highly high worthy team if that makes sense because I'm, I'm holding up where they rank right now where where there are in the standings because right now they're fifth in the eastern conference they're behind the heat by one and a half games they're behind the bucks by two games they're behind the bulls by a game and they're behind the nets by four games but the Cavaliers are still 7-3. They were able to knock off the Bucks. They were able to knock off the Heat, the Kings, the, the Bulls, the Wizards, and the Heat again, and the Mavericks. So they're beating good teams. And they were doing that without their uh, um, up-and-coming rookie. They were doing it with guys coming in and out of the protocols. They were doing it with seven plus guys out, either injured or in the protocols. And you're doing it with Kevin Love, who's aging fast. You're doing a lower mark, and it's that's there, but you need you need to see a little more. You need, you need all the pieces just need to fit. Now, could that happen? Maybe. It's just gonna. It's just gonna be. We're just got to wait and see, but it is a tough blow with Ricky Rubio being done for the season due to tearing his ACL in his left knee. That's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt for sure. Cause isn't Rubio in his thirties, mid thirties, like early thirties? I'm tr I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look up his age. I'm trying to speed type right now. Um, he's thirty one right now. So to have another torn ACL in the same knee. 10 years later, will take a toll on him. It just, it hurts because this is a guy averaging 13 points, 4 rebounds, and 6.6 .6 assists per game. And he was putting up a career high or career tying season in points. It's just very interesting. Just very, very interesting. But you know what? You're going to have teams like that. Now, on your spectrum, just to shift gears, you could you could be like the Nets. The Nets actually have positives now. As for today's game against the 76ers, Kevin Durant and LaMarcus Aldridge could be a go. Per Steve Nash, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, they could be a go. Uh, Kyrie Irving also got out of the protocols. So you have things going there. So, 
so you you have that going. You have that going for you. You should be excited because two days ago you saw Katie, Kyrie, and Aldridge clear the protocols. That is huge. No matter which way we splice it up, that is huge. I believe, anyways. Because now you're getting pieces back. And you and you could be like, well, Kyrie is still a part-timer. But at least you're getting pieces back. At least this team is getting pieces back. Katie's going to be a tremendous help because now you can go looking for different answers, different guys to turn towards. That's not Patty Mills or James Hart. While crucial, that's not always going to be the answer. And... If Kyrie doesn't get back into the protocols, January 5th, he'll be able to play. And his first game back in a while, um, because they'll be, they'll be taking on the Pacers. That's going to be very interesting. Because what I'm looking at right now, so you have January 5th, you'll have January 12th, you have January 17th, January 21st, and the 23rd, you'll have. Um, this huge stretch from January 29th to February 6th of all away games. So you can still use them. And you're telling me if he doesn't catch COVID, that from Jan uh, January 29th to 6th, which is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 games, you're not going to be able to utilize the talents of Kyrie, and he's going to be in great shape by then. So looking at the bigger picture, this is such a huge win for the Nets, who is number one in the Eastern Conference, and who may remain number one for a while until you see someone by the likes of Chicago or the Bucks to the front of because Chicago is only a game behind the Nets. The Bucks are only two games behind the Nets, a game behind the Bulls. Now, what's been helping the Nets? They've been staying the foot seven and three, but the Bulls have been eight two. I'm I'm looking at this real quick. Um, when do the Bulls play the Nets next? January twelfth. That's an away game for the Nets, which will be huge. Why? Because you get Kyrie figuring if he's not in the uh, health and safety protocols, and you still have the big three there. But then, when do you play the Bucks next? Um, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to look. Okay, January 7th. That's a home game. It just depends, right? So when we're picking and choosing, looking at the entire scheme, looking at the entire landscape of what we're looking at for the Brooklyn Nets, they're in a much better situation than, than the Cavaliers. That is just a fact. Because one team's now being turned to a heartbreaker, one team's staying afloat and trying to push, which is huge. Like, which is huge. You can't ask anymore. You could, but you take what has, you take what your hands been dealt. Essentially, that's it. During these COVID times and during these injury injury riddled times, you take what you what you can get. And because your franchise plays in one in one of the highest COVID 
state, that's what's going to happen, which is incredible if you think about it. So you have those cons that's outweighing the pros in some sense. But per Steve Nash, uh, coach of the Brooklyn Nets, Katie and Aldridge could be a go for today's game against the 76ers, which would be huge. Which would be huge because this is what be important for the Nets and the 76ers uh, changing gears because that game's going to be at 5 p.m. today. The 76ers are six in the Eastern Conference, six games behind the uh, Nets. They're 18 16. The Nets are 23 and 9. The Nets are just trying to make sure they don't go into double digits for losses. They're trying to prolong that. Because sadly, if you take the entire NBA and you put them in the power rankings, they will rank fourth because the Warriors and Suns are tied for first. Well, actually, no. If I had to put power rankings, Warriors and Suns would be tied for first. Jazz would be would be second. And then third would be the Nets. And then fourth would be the Bulls. And then fifth would be the Bucks. Sixth would be the Grizzlies. And so forth, right? And I, I should make power rankings, but that's where we're at going through the six. So I had to make power rankings where I was just ranking off of standings and different things like that. And yeah, that's how it would go. But it's just very, very interesting. So I want end of the spectrum. You could be like the Cavaliers failing due to all these massive and uh, consequences, and not because of their own doing, just because of the hand that they're being dealt currently, and what was happening, what was transpiring in that uh, Pelicans game. And you could be on the other side of the spectrum, where the Nets are receiving good news, and where you could see a huge, huge shift, where you're like, okay, we're, they're, we're finally getting our balance. And that's what you want to see. That's what you want to hear. So changing our gears for a bit on our sec on our segment right now of top news of the week, let's turn our attention to Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, who was reportedly who was reportedly um, said to have many teams interested in him, signed a ten day contract. With the Dallas Mavericks. You know. This starts the clock. He's nine days left on his contract. What can he do with the Mavericks? He actually played. Um, for the Mavs coming off the bench. Against Sacramento. Last night. I'm seeing how many points he scored. In 13 minutes, he had 6 points and 4 assists. That, to me, my friends, is not bad at all. Not too shabby if I should say so myself. Especially for doing it on the night of signing it and then just being in uniform ready to go. Despite losing, that's not bad. But I called it because it was also being considered that we may not be able to have to wait that much. And I said my gut feeling could be within a week. In less than a week, within that week, we saw him get um, him get signed by the Dallas Mavericks, which is huge. Which is huge. 
I am certainly excited about that. I've always been a huge supporter of Isaiah Thomas, that is why I'm making this documentary. But now we see Isaiah Thomas back in the league. And he's going to, when this second contract comes up with a separate team, he's going to be in 20 days in the NBA. May not be that appealing, but to him, and I don't want to speak on his behalf because I have no idea what's going through his mind, that has to be exciting because it's like you're out of the league for so long, but now you're able to have a chance to be on a different team. That's pretty, pretty awesome. If I don't, if I say so myself. And look, until he finds that permanent team, he's still cooking. He's still going. He shot 37.5% from the field. I say give I say give the man a shot. I say many people do. So with the documentary coming out very soon, you're gonna see a whole side of Isaiah Thomas that's inspiring. That's grind like, that's hustle like, that has this like mama mentality, that has this like this love for the game, this passion that just cannot be matched. So it's incredible to have the 10 day contract for him. And I am really, really excited. I'm telling you, he's back in the league. That's why. That's why I like. That's why I like to see. So no complaints there. It's back in the league again. After taking a few nights off, didn't get the second contract from the Lake Show, or the Choke Show. Um, he's now with the Dallas Mavericks. So let's see what we can do there with nine days left. I actually want to take a look at the schedule for the Mavericks. Um, trying to type this out pretty fast. Oh, my laptop, can I not type? Yeah, looking at, so December 31st, you're going up against the Kings again. That's still going to be out of Sacramento. January 2nd, Thunder. Uh, January 3rd, Ma uh, Nuggets. January 5th, Warriors. I was seeing if they could go up against the, um, what do you call it? I was seeing if they could go up against the Lakers to get some revenge. It's not looking like it. I'm scrolling through. No, not when the 10-day contract comes up. But that's going to be exciting. I guess I'm going to be able to play all those games that I rattled off. But, hey, that'd be cool if you could go up against the Warriors. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do quick math real quick. So starting at twenty eighth, let's just call it twenty ninth, twenty ninth. Let's say he signed a contract and it's gonna go until um midnight. That's when it ends. Midnight's when he signed it, midnight's when it's gonna end, right? I'm just gonna say that. Just to make it for simplistic terms. So it starts at twenty ninth. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, if my calculations are correct, January seventh of twenty twenty two at midnight is when his contract will expire. So not bad. So if I go, if we go back, so the Rocket game, so the Rockets game will be his last game. He'll still be able to squeeze in the Warriors game, the Nuggets game, the Thunder game, and the Kings game. Not bad. I wouldn't be surprised if more teams were interested in him, depending on his showing. I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks signed him again. 
depending on what their current roster situation is and what their death chart is, and how Jason Kidd just utilize, utilize him. So we got two more things on the horizon for this segment, Tom News of the Week, or of today, but Tom News of the Week, just going to continue going saying it with that. But this one's actually pretty cool. We talked about this a few months ago during the offseason, just trying to progress with that, having a notion of having outdoor games maybe, like playground style, street ball style, right, that kind of atmosphere. Just a little more regulated. But we see here about the early season tournament, like the playing tournament, not like the in-season tournament. So the NBA is still looking to add the early season tournament where depending on what the players vote this season, because players will be able to put in their vote this season, if, if approved, it will begin in the 2020-23 season. So next season. That'll be kinda of cool. That'll be kinda of cool because that's where they're trying to do like all these different prizes, like a million dollars in prize earnings, um, and different things like that that will make it worth the players while and making sure that they're on board and let them know what the cons are and what could happen on to your body adding in that tournament. But how cool would that be? Like, I always imagine if like, you do, like, the in-season tournament. Like, you do, like, two-on-two, one-on-one type games. That would be, like, really cool. I, I can see that. I, I'm, I, I'm a supporter. I'm an advocate for the early season uh, tournament. I think that would be really, really cool to see. I would be 100% down for that. I think many people would. I should put out a poll for that. I would be all over that. I will watch that. I will record that. Heck, I might even do a live stream for that. Uh, because, of course, he's never done that before. But we might do one, break out of our comfort shell, and that will be pretty cool. All in all, that will be pretty darn cool. And heck, I, I would even watch the replays. Because I think that would be a phenomenal idea. Break up the monotony of just oh All Star Week going back and forth. Try to break up the eighty-two game schedule. You may have to reduce some games, especially with the playing tournament. They were considering that too a few months ago. So you add two tournaments in, keeping the playing tournament, adding the early season tournament. These are all hypothetical what ifs, right? You have to reduce some games. So let's just say you cut that down to like 65, 70 games. Because let's just say you want to get greedy and you want to take out some of that. Like like 12 to 17 games, let's just say you want to do that, then boom, bada, bang, you have those two tournaments, which would equivalent up to like the All-Star break, and then, uh, what do you call it, the, um, some of the games. That would be pretty cool. I think that would be really unique for the fans, and I think that will be something that we can all support. I think it would be. I don't know how many of you guys agree with that, but I'm all down for that. I am 100% down for that. And lastly, for our segment, top news of the day slash week, we have the choke, uh, the choker show or the choke show. Now, ESPN's Bobby Marks and Brian Winhurst believe the Lakers should seriously consider 
trading for Jeremy Grant. We've talked about this before. I think on Monday's podcast. I think that's what we did. On Monday's podcast, we talked about that. Because Brian Whithorst believes it would take uh, THT, Townhorn, Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and a 2027 first rounder for the Lakers to acquire Jeremy, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Grant. To get Jeremy Grant, who's not been that bad, would be incredible. The 27-year-old who's averaging 20 points off of 41.5% from the field, 5 rebounds, and 2.5 and assists per game. Sign me up. Now, he has been dealing with injuries, but I don't think it's going to stop him. As ever since going to Detroit, and I guess Detroit, he's been having his breakout season, which was last season, and he's falling through with that this season. To me, that would be one heck of a combination. Could you try to salvage something with Russell Westbrook? This may never work, but I would try to do Russell Westbrook for John Wall or Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons. Because imagine having John Wall or Ben Simmons in the lineup with Jeremy Grant, LeBron James, and all those different Anthony Glassman Davis. No matter how much a choke show is and how perfect they are, especially losing to the Grizzlies, it's crazy. And I shared this on social media. I shared this on social media uh, yesterday night because I just hate the Lakers. I find them pathetic because everybody's like, oh, by halfway for the season, their egos are going to get in the way. No, before halfway for the season, they just stunk it up. Plain and simple, my friends. Plain and simple. But I put this out. I put this out. Um, I said, quote, to put it in perspective how bad the Lakers are, here's the last 10 games of the Lakers and the Pelicans. The Pelicans in the last 10 games were are 6-4. and four. The Lakers, 4-6. Four and, six. Four, four and six. Clearly, on paper, the Lakers are the better team. That's a fact. And real quick, before I get back to the Jeremy Grant the Lakers situation, let's go look at the last 10 games for the uh, for the uh, Lakers. Let me just count this up real quick so I don't get anything wrong. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So they beat OKC. They beat the Ma- uh, Magic. They beat the Mavericks. They lost to the Timberwolves. They lost to the Bulls, they lost to the Suns, they lost to the Spurs, they lost to the Nets, they beat the Rockets, but anyone should, and they lost to the Grizzlies. That's pathetic. You should you should be able to beat the Spurs. And not you you lost to the Spurs by twenty-eight in your final game ever in Staples Center. That's sad. Before transitioning over to crypto.com. Uh, Suns, that was going to be a beatdown. They lost by 28, uh, sorry, 18, wait, 18, yeah. And you lost to the Bulls by 5. You lost to the Timberwolves. The reason why you beat the Mavericks on December 15th was because of Austin Reeves' incredible free. You're welcome. So, Choke Show couldn't do that. Um, it's, it's just crazy. Then, if we go over to the Pelicans, and I trust me, guys, I'm getting back to what we were talking about with Jeremy Grant. I just have to pull this up because this just gets my uh, blood boiling. 
Here, let me try this real quick. Just let me add the math real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Pelicans lost to Rockets, lost to Nuggets, beat the Pist uh beat the Pistons, lost to Spurs, beat the Thunder, beat the Bucks, beat the Trailblazers, beat the Magic, lost the Thunder, and beat the Pelican uh beat uh Cleveland. I'm just saying, when putting that in perspective, that is sad. The Spurs are also six and four. That's sad. The Rockets are two and the Rockets are two and eight. If the Lakers lose their next two games, that would be sad. They would have the same or worse than the Rockets. Um if I head over to the Eastern Conference, you see that the 76ers are better than them, better than them in the uh, last 10 games. Same with the Hornets. Same with the Knicks. Same with the Raptors, man. Same with the Pacers. That's just, like, legit sad. So that is why, now I could get back into everything about Russell Westbrook and his team. I didn't even touch on Malik Monk sending out Freeman. He wants out, too. Just no one's talking about that that much. I'm not going to talk about all that. I covered that on Monday. I covered on social media. I uh I can't keep covering about Anthony Glassman Davis, Lee Baby, and the dude that wears dresses because he thinks that's manly. I don't know. I'm surprised he doesn't wear a dress on the court. I'm just saying, ever since he wore a dress, his season has just not gone well. Sure he's getting a triple dose, but he's just a stat stuffer. He's not a special player. He's just a ball hog and a stat stuffer. That's not being being a hater. That's me being a realist. That's me being realistic with y'all. I ain't fooling around. I'm not at all. I'm just telling the truth how I see it and how it's supposed to be. Not this twisted reality that Westbrook wants to try to pull over people. It just doesn't work anymore. It just doesn't work. Now, the topic we all been waiting for. The topic of the day is this. These two local teams are the Phoenix Suns and the Arizona Cardinals. Which, by the way, um, they're both located in Arizona. Um, if you guys didn't already know that. And it's this. Suns, Cardinals, are they going for the same path? Or is it just all crazy coincidence? So meaning, is everything having the same energy? So is each team having that manifested energy that's like correlating between two, bonding between the two, that's causing each team to lose or and or win? Or is it just a crazy coincidence? A crazy conspiracy, if you want to call it. But here, here are things I uh, jotted down. That I went through. Suns and the Cardinals both lost on Christmas Day to away teams. They both played at home. Both teams were on a two game, two plus game losing streak. Majority of the games played at home, and the reason why I say two plus is because 
the Suns did, uh, I'm going to touch on this in a bit, but did end their losing streak yesterday, the Thunder, but the Cross have a free game losing streak. I'm going to touch on that in a bit. Um, injuries got the best of those two teams. Both teams seemed out of touch during their losing streaks. Um, the home games were close games when they lost. Both have an impactful presence, win or lose, in the standings, the power rankings, or even playoffs, or just how teams are being viewed, even divisionally. And both have gone down in the respective power range, space what I just said. I'm just saying this. Both teams were favored to win Christmas Day. The Suns were favored to win and so were the Cardinals. The Cardinals were supposed to beat the Colts and the Suns were supposed to get back on back were supposed to get back at the Golden State Warriors and Stephen Curry. Instead both of them lost in depressing finishes. Both teams were on a two-game or more losing streak. Injuries did get the worst of them. Y'all remember, no Jay Crowder, no DeAndre Ayn, Elfer Payne, who cares for him? But then you go over to the Cardinals and you see no D-Hop, no J.J. Wap that was there, but no D-Hop mainly. Uh, no, Roddy Hut no Rodney Hudson, they were starting center. For the Arizona Cardinals for K1, Kyle Murray. You see guys struggling like Devin Booker couldn't find his rhythm in the Warriors game. Kyle Murray couldn't find his rhythm in the Lions game. Like how do you lose to a 2-12-1 team but who cares. Then um, you couldn't find your rhythm against the Colts. The home, home has now worked out for... The Suns and during their stretch mainly, nor for the Cardinals, they're awful. They're better on the road than they are in um at home. Their impactful presence is everything. They're one of the top teams, if not the team in the NBA. Then for the Cardinals, they were the main team, being compared to the likes of the Buccaneers, Packers, etc., etc. Before the Rams took over divisionally. And they clinched the divisional spot in the playoffs where the Cardinals did clinch a spot due to the Vikings losing, but during the wild card. Is this all making sense to you guys? Do you understand what I'm saying? Doesn't this seem like a crazy, crazy coincidence? Like you're taking the same exact path. Now, could the manifested energy, like, like what does that truly mean? What I mean by that is, well, Ever since the Suns and the Cardinals kept promoting each other and kept cheering on each other, and since these are local teams that have a local goal and a common goal to win, ever since they were doing crossovers and all this different stuff, and you saw great success out of these two local teams, they have not been the best. I'm just saying, when they lost on Christmas, both lost. When one team loses, the next loses. Now. If the Cardinals won on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys, who's a very good team with quarterback Dak Prescott, running back Ezekiel Elliott, cornerback Diggs, like all these different guys. Um, just saying, if they win, then that means that the Suns snapped their losing streak, and so did the Cardinals. Like it's all lining up. Like they're just trading, they're feeding off their energies. Like they're manifesting something within. 
to say, look, this is our presence, we're blocking everything out, we're going go mode. This may seem weird, or I may just seem like some uh, stupid idiot that's making up conspiracy theories. And I'll go with that too. But I am pretty much certain that these two local teams are feeding off their bad vibes and their good vibes. Their good energy and their bad energy. And just what's happening within the atmosphere of their respective leagues. Of their respective sports. I just find that funny. I just find that more fun. I find that funnier than anything. I truly, 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 truly do. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. But don't you guys find that interesting? When the Suns are on a losing streak, so are the Cardinals. When Devin Booker, who is a star besides Chris Paul, the guy that's known to score, and for Kyle Murray to not only facilitate the offense, but to score and to use his abilities to the fullest, he doesn't do well. I'm just saying, y'all. Just saying. Well, I know. Um, I find it odd. Um, both head coaches were struggling. Both the, the main core guys were struggling. Defensive breakdowns were happening. Offensive breakdowns were happening. Couldn't get momentum going on the right way. I'm just saying, guys. When I'm breaking this down, I could break this down even further. But where we're going right now, I've at least getting like five to seven bullet points. Little lines to say, um, this is where we're at. Like this is this is actually kind of strange, kind of creepy. But if the Suns snap their winning losing streak, and let's just say the Cardinals snap their losing streak, I'm telling you. They're, they're feeding off of something. I don't, I don't know if they're drinking the same Powerade, Gatorade. I don't know if they're getting the same locker room support. I don't know if they're feeding in answers to each other. I don't know, guys. I just find that very, very, very suspicious and very, very, very coincidental. Too scary. Too coincidental. But who? what do I know? I could just be making this up. I don't know. I had a lot of time on my hands. You know when you're spending your time in the office for eight hours, what that'll do to you and how much time you actually have to sink, and when you love the Phoenix Suns so much and Arizona Cardinals, um, what that'll do to you? We have two local teams that are just matching up. Because it's not like I'm just pulling this like, oh, um, for fun. For example, New Orleans Pelicans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, look at that. They're, no, I'm not even doing that. I'm taking local teams here. Teams that I represent. Teams I know. Also, go vote for Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns for the All-Star. Same with Chris Paul. Just go do it. You'll be happier. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I got I to get my votes in. Um, I just find it interesting, guys. I just find that interesting. Both lost on Christmas Day to away teams. Should have won that. We're the favorites. Both were on a two-plus game losing streak. Majority games put at home. Andrews got the best of those two teams. Seemed out of touch. Home games were close when they lost. 
both have an impactful presence, win or lose, and they have gone down in their respective power rankings. Guys, 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 guys. I'm just saying. Plus, take this. Cardinals held Aaron Donald's defense and the Rams when they beat him. Blew him out. Like, it was like 37-20, something like that. But then the Cardinals lost to Aaron Donald's team where he just ripped them apart, had more sacks, more pressures than the actual Cardinals defense. Which is really pathetic if you think about it on the Cardinals end. But then take it from the basketball perspective for the Suns, they beat the uh they beat the Warriors, but then the Warriors beat them on Christmas Day and then snapped their winning streak. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you guys, that is something interesting. That to me right there, my friends, is something so interesting and so scary. Scary frightening. Well, guys, um, that was that was the topic of the day. Um, text uh, text us at the court uh, text line. Uh, six zero two seven nine one two uh six zero two seven nine one two one zero eight. Trust me, guys. I want to get your feedback on this, and I want to know if you guys believe in this too. I'm gonna be posting this mini clip too everywhere, cause why not? Also, game of the day. Watching out, watch out edition is here to close us out, and that is the game to watch out for. Game today, watch out edition is presenting Nuggets versus Warriors Part 2. The sequel is happening after like 89 to 86 finish by the Denver Nuggets to take it, beating the Warriors where they stand. I'm saying this to you guys, I'm taking the Nuggets again. While the Warriors will be looking for revenge time as they do not want to uh, lose that game to fall down anywhere. I'm just saying, you guys, I'm taking the Nuggets. I'm taking the win by five, and that is that. Um, Be out, be on the lookout for that game. That's going to be an exciting game. Let me actually look when that game is because why I couldn't put that in the show notes. I have no idea. Now I'm just going to be here saying random words, the letters, numbers. Okay, that is today. Why couldn't I get that? They played on Tuesday. Um, but now they're playing today, 7.30 p.m. Oh, boy, oh, boy. That's Warriors, Nuggets, where they're actually going to be playing at Denver this time. The Nuggets are fifth in their conference, and the Warriors or first in their conference, both in the Western Conference. This is going to be a good show. And without further ado, guys, that is it. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. Wherever you guys are around the world, again, use uh, the promo code HARDSHIP to get 20% off your order of 45 or more. Again, that is code HARDSHIP. Sign up for our exclusive, cool memberships the elite membership you're gonna love it free bucks but you get your first free days the number free days first for free do not miss it guys again you can find us at courtsheat.com instagram.com slash courtsheatnba twitter.com slash courtsheat and facebook.com slash courtsheat tumblr.com slash courtsheat and even tumblr.com slash courtsheat get it all the news is coming out fast 
whether we're breaking it down for the average fan, for the Supreme fan, and for the people just getting the basketball, we have you covered. Do not miss it. And without further ado, guys, we'll see you tomorrow making up for not posting on Wednesday. We'll be here today, Friday, and even Saturday. So, by all means, let's have the outro music take us out now. I'll see you guys tomorrow at 8 a.m. Catch you later. Let's take out the intro music now.